So we're in a series right now called, um, what is, what's it called? Oh yeah, Everyday Heroes. That's what it's called. It's called Everyday Heroes. And so um, last week we talked about when you see a need. Oh, that'd be so cool if you all knew it. So close. I even gave it to you on a card and you, you all put it on your fridge and you looked at it every day this week, right? No. Okay. So I'm going to tell you and then we're going to try again. So it's see a need, do something. Ready? See a need. Oh man, you guys are such good students. I love it. Okay, um, so we're going to move on. So Everyday Heroes, the concept is that we spend a lot of time in the summer watching movies about heroes, and most of those heroes are make heroism seem totally out of reach. Um, for most of us, we can't fly as fast as a speeding bullet or... No, wait, is that how fast he runs? Yeah, it's how fast he runs. Thanks, Samuel. He's got it. Um, leap tall buildings in a single bound. We can't do those things, but... Maybe there is some everyday hero type stuff we can do, like meeting people's needs, and today what we're going to talk about. Today we're going to talk about serving people. And I got to tell you, this, of all the topics that I get to talk about, this one is one of my favorites to talk about, so I may be a little bit passionate today, and I have no apologies for that, but I think this is one of the core values of Christianity. It's one of the core values of Jesus. And, um, you know, we felt it was so important that we put it in our vision statement. Seek. Oh, we didn't put it in our vision statement. Man, I was planning that all day that I was going to lead up to that and it was going to be so powerful. But it's because we called it care. But that's what we mean is to serve our community. Seek love and care for people like Jesus does. Man, I blew it. Can we start that part over? Oh, we, we care about it so much that we didn't put it in our vision statement, but we put a word in there that's very similar, and it's care. Okay, we should just move past that. All right. So have you ever been served by somebody in a way that was so profound or so meaningful that you really weren't able to pay it back in any way? Can you think about it? I want you just to spend some time thinking about that. I'll tell you one, one of the times for me. So um, I think it was less than a year ago. We had this huge, beautiful tree right next to our driveway. And it was, uh, we loved, it was our favorite tree because in the fall, all the little leaves turned like bright yellow. And then they would all fall on our driveway. And it would look like we had like the golden road in uh, like the yellow brick road, you know, in the Wizard of Oz. And so um, I don't know if anyone else thought that, but I always did. And it, it was beautiful and it was gorgeous. And then we were all inside one day talking and my father-in-law, the same one who, you know, does the pulled pork, he was over and his truck was parked right under that tree. And uh, there was a, like a five-minute storm. Like this is for real. There was like a five-minute storm. And I looked out the window and I, because there was this huge gust of wind and I was like, man, the trees are really shaking so close to the house. And I looked a little closer. I was like, oh no, the tree is actually close to the house because it fell. And so this gigantic tree fell on my father-in-law's truck and destroyed the truck. And, and this was just half of the tree. And this was one of those big trees. So it was completely blocking our driveway. And I spent the next two weeks cutting this thing up all by myself. No, I had friends. I mean, what's great about trees and, and I'm and, and I'm not going to say men because honestly, Sharon came and helped as much as any guy. So trees and people who like to cut things is that as soon as a tree falls, it's like everyone who owns a chainsaw or knows someone that owns a chainsaw, it's like you get like spider sense and you're like, ooh, 
There's a tree. It's fallen somewhere. You know, like I was even driving on a back road recently and there was a tree blocking it and I had my father's chainsaw at my house and I was like, I should come back and cut that up. You know, I mean, it's like anytime you, you start seeing fallen logs with like anticipation and excitement. And so I, I swear before I even went outside, three of my friends were like, had pulled into my driveway with chainsaws in hand and helmets on. They're like, we heard a tree had fallen. And so, I mean, uh, I think it was Doug Schneider and uh, Nathan Palkovitz and Sharon Hampson. Josh, did you come? You only live 30 seconds away. Thanks a lot. Um, and you own a chainsaw. So, you know, some friends are better than others. Jonathan, Jonathan drove by, right, multiple times and looked at it. Um, so we, I mean, it was... It was it was some of that work that's like so difficult, but also so fun. It was all soaking wet, all the leaves. So you were sopping wet, but like cutting wood and, you know, it's just, it was just great. So we did that for like four or five hours that night. And then Sharon came back over the next day and Sharon, Mandy and I and our kids, we worked for another four or five hours. And that was just half of the tree. Then Nathan came over and we felled the rest of the tree. And when I say we, I mean, I stood on the deck at a safe distance and I watched Nathan do his, he's like a genius and like cuts, magical cuts, and it falls perfectly where he wants it to fall. Not on my mailbox, not in the middle of Chambers Rock Road. I mean, it was brilliant. And so the point is, I had a lot of help, and I don't think I ever could have done it on my own. And I don't think there's anything I really could have done to repay it. I mean, maybe I could wait around until a tree falls in each of their yards, and then I could run over, which I will. If that happens, but they're really, you know, we made them, we probably made them cookies or something, or I, I thanked them, but there was no like immediate repayment. But sometimes when people do nice things for you, you have an opportunity to do that same thing for someone else, right? So you kind of pay it forward. My neighbor, um, who I've talked about before, I love this guy. He's an older gentleman and he had uh, two trees fall um, later in the year during a snowstorm and they were kind of blocking Chambers Rock Road and now you all know where I live. And, uh, and they were kind of in the way. And I saw him like trying to do stuff out there. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let's go. So the boys and I threw our boots on, grabbed our chainsaw and our handsaw and went out there. And we were able to move all his stuff. He was like, why are you guys doing all this? You know, and it's just like when you've been served by someone, it just inspires you to serve others, doesn't it? It just feels good to pass that on. I want you to think about a time when someone's done something for you. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a parent. Uh, maybe it was your spouse. Someone has really served you in a way that, honestly, you couldn't repay it. And it's inspired you. Maybe, maybe it's something really deep. Like if, if you came up here and shared, it would be emotional and you would cry a whole bunch. You know, that would be anytime Josh shares about anything, right? Uh, so that's two. You get three today. Um, you know, there's something about when people do, do something so sacrificial and selfless for you, it really inspires you to move forward and give that away. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to tell a story about Jesus today. We're going to um, just read from the book of John. And so John was one of the early followers of Jesus, and he wrote one of the four eyewitness accounts. So if you're new to church or new to the Bible, this is literally a book written by one of Jesus's earliest followers on purpose so that people would know about Jesus's life. All right, and this was written within the first generation after Jesus died and rose again. So it's not like there's been years and years and years for these stories to get to be made into legend. These are written while the people who were alive while it happened could read those very stories. So the people who saw this happening were the ones who wrote about it. It's pretty cool. So we're going to read this story about Jesus. So 
Um, this is right before Jesus is about to be crucified, and he's having uh, the, you know, you've probably seen paintings of it and stuff, the Last Supper, you know, this famous last time that he eats with his, um, with his disciples. And before they eat, this is what happens. So Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And so, real quick, I want to just get into this story a little bit. So, they, they're sitting around, or, or probably laying, I think they laid to eat um, around a table on their stomachs. That's really true. Go look it up. I didn't, but I think it's true. Um, and, and it was tradition for um, a servant to be there, who would wash everybody's feet when they came in. But there's nobody there as a servant because just him and his disciples. So get the context. All of these disciples who they've heard Jesus talk about greatness before. And he has told them the way to be great in the kingdom of God is to be the least. Those who would be great must serve. You must become the slave of others. That's, he's, he's explained that over and over and over again. And sitting around this, everyone knows their feet are dirty. No one's like, oh, we forgot. This is a very intentional oversight by everyone in this circle. It's the 12, you know, main disciples of Jesus and Jesus. And they're all sitting around. You know how I know that they knew their feet were dirty? Because they lived in ancient Israel and they didn't have paved roads yet. And they didn't have closed-toed shoes yet. So which one should, let's get into this story a little bit more. Who'd, who walked on the roads with the people? Lots and lots of animals. All right, who owns an animal? Yeah, what do animals do? They, they go to the bathroom, don't they? All the time, right? Especially my dogs love to go to the bathroom when it's raining and snowing. I, I swear they up their frequency double. But whenever it's bad weather, they're like, ha, ha, let's go. I think my one dog just loves to be in the snow. But anyway, that's not the point. So the, you're walking around in sandals and you know flip-flops in muddy mixture of poop, pee, rainwater, dirt, and mud. You get, you get, so you're just like, whoosh, whoosh. I went on a run yesterday, actually. In, it, it, there was no poop, but I went on a run yesterday, and it was super, super muddy. And so I don't know if you can tell, but these used to be black, and these shoes are really, really muddy. And I think that's just, you know, just a picture a little bit of what it might have looked like for these guys' feet, it was up in their toes, in between their toes, in their toenails. Think about what it smelled like. Can you just imagine with me? Have, have you ever smelled a teenager's foot? I have one right here if you'd like to try right now. Anybody? No? Teenagers, they, they, they get out of the shower and they smell bad instantly. That's why they put so much cologne on, right? So just imagine, these are like guys in their 20s. They've been walking for miles and miles and miles, probably days without washing through poop and pee and mud. Are you with me? Anybody, anybody want me to keep going? Further detail? Guys, the food's gonna be great afterwards, all right? So... No wonder Peter's like, I'm not doing that. Where's the servant? Andrew, you're always kind of the last one here. I think you should do it, you know? And Andrew's like, no way. John claims he's the greatest all the time. John should do it. And they're all waiting. And, and then imagine, to their horror, the rabbi gets up. That is the worst thing that could happen right now for these guys. For Jesus to get up and do this. That's why Peter, I, didn't, I don't, didn't read this part, but Peter's like, there's no way you're washing my feet. He realizes, oh no, we just got caught. 
You know, it's like when mom and dad walk in and you're sneaking that other, that third cookie when they said two, that was always my mom's limit. And I never understood what's wrong with three. So he stands up and he, and he, and he, you know, they all know what's happening and I can just imagine. And then can you imagine, all right, I'm going to move some things here. Can you imagine like I was going to bring someone up and wash their feet, but that's just weird. Um, can you imagine? Oh, this is a white towel. Do you see that? And I didn't ask Mandy. This is one of our white towels. Sorry. Okay. But you got to get like up in it, right? Have you ever washed anybody's feet? I've been going to church a long time and we do weird stuff in church. Let me just, just warn you. I have actually washed people's feet before in church. It's weird. Um, but you get, uh, look at that face. That was great. Megan was like, oh, glad we don't do that at this church. So Megan, I was going to choose you to come up. No. Uh, you, you, I mean, right, you can't wash feet from a distance, right? You can't just like throw it at them, right? You got to like get up in that foot and get it like close. You got to be looking at it. So, you know, imagine if you were washing and how dirty things would get. I really don't want to get dirty. Um, honestly, I wasn't going to teach on this, but once my shoes were dirty, I thought I can two birds with one stone. No, not funny. Okay. All right, there we go. That's just from my shoe. Is that looking good? Right? I'm trying to get the feeling. This is such, they paint pictures of this. Those pictures are all lies, right? Those pictures, they stained glass windows of like this beautiful scene with a halo. No, this smelled and was dirty. Jesus got in it. He was like, oh, there's a nice piece of poop and scrubbing it off. And like, that smells like too much. Anybody here for their first time? And last, that's right. We won't see you guys again. Make sure you grab some pulled pork on your way out. All right. I mean, this is just from one shoe. And I just want you to get the feeling. Imagine if they did, you know, how many feet were in there? 24 feet, unless he washed his own, then he did 26, right? So get this real clean. He's working, he's up in it. I mean, this would have taken time. Look at how gross this is. It would have gotten on his hands. He would have gotten dirty. See, my hands are dirty now. He would have gotten dirty in the process. I should have brought two towels. I don't know how to dry my hands off now. Okay, right? So we got this, this is what it's like. Do you see Jesus's face? I'm just kidding, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm such a terrible pastor. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a miracle! All right. That's going to definitely get me in trouble with somebody. It's, it's a kind of an intimate thing too, isn't it? Right? To get up and, I mean, you've never done it, but like to get up and wash someone's feet, like this is, this was such a gesture of love and, um, and care and, and kind of breaking, like this, this was memorable. I think this was making an impact. And so now I'm just getting my shoes clean. All right, I'm going to leave that there. Can you see that? Okay, there we go. That's good. Glad those are black. All right, so th- I, wanna, I want you to really understand. This is not just like, we don't run through this story. So when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he's like, do you understand what I've done for you? See, this is more than just, guys, you stink and no one else would do it, right? He was doing something eternally significant. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, who should never have done this, that's the point, have washed your feet, have lowered myself, have humbled myself, have served you in this way, you 
also should wash one another's feet. Now, did he mean right now, wash each other's feet? No. All right, this was, he's saying, as I have laid my life, the example I've shown you of serving, of lowering yourself, now you guys go out and do the same thing. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. But he's saying is, when you leave here, don't become Christians who need people to serve them, who there are things that are beneath them. Don't become Christians who are entitled. You are not greater than your master. You will never be greater than the one who sends you. So if I humble myself in this way, you must also. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. It feels He's like, too bad you're here, guys. Now that you know it, you're stuck with it. For even the Son of Man, this is another, another uh, verse from the book of Mark, which is another eyewitness. And this is what Jesus said of himself in another place. The Son of Man, which is a reference to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the person we're following. Right? This is our guy. This is Jesus. He set an example. And, and I, I think this is one of those truths that we need to just get deep in our DNA, deep in who we are, is that we do not come to be served, but to serve and to give away our lives. This is our high calling as followers of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we should be known for our service. We should serve one another. We should serve our communities. People should say, you know, the church is the most service-oriented community on earth. It's not said that way yet. But I am so excited about being part of City Light because this is what I want to do. I want to be a motivated movement of people who are moving towards their community and saying, how can we serve you? How can we bless you? How can we be a light in our city? How can we be a light set on a hill? Amen. Good Good job, good job, guys. Okay, so before we can really get there, though, I want to just grasp one level of this. Like, there's, there's one understanding we need before we can start talking about serving people. And so I just want you to hear this. Jesus has washed our feet too. And so whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I just want you to hear this because you may not have heard this story this way in church. You may have heard some some condemnation. You may have heard some rules that you need to follow. But I want you to just get this picture. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve you and serve me and to give his life for us. So think about this picture of Jesus washing their feet before he goes to the cross and dies for their sins and dies for our sins. Jesus has washed your feet. We were talking in the beginning about how when someone serves you, you feel inspired to serve one another. Our service to the world and to each other is rooted in our deep appreciation for what God has done for us. And if you don't know what God has done for you, that's the first step. Think about Jesus. He has come to you and he has said, I don't care about your past. I don't care about your, the dirt between your toenails. Between your toenails? Under your toenails. I don't care about those things that you think about that you'd be embarrassed that anyone knew. I don't care about the things that you've done in secret. 
I mean, he cares about them, right? Because he loves you. But just track with me here. I'm not holding them against you. I'm not holding them against you. I'm not holding them against you. Over and over and over and over again, he says that. And he gets down on his knees and he says, would you let me serve you by cleansing you of all of your sin, by cleansing you of all of your mistakes, by cleansing you of all of your shame and your fear and your guilt and your insecurity. And I don't have enough and I'm not enough and I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. Let me cleanse you of all of the dirt and the shame that this world has caked onto your feet. See, Jesus has knelt before you. He's humbled himself before you and he's given his life so that you and I might be clean. Say, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. This is the amazing truth that happened when Jesus died on the cross. He took all of my lust and my pride and my arrogance and my self-sufficiency and my judgmentalism. You want me to keep going? And all that stuff, he took it off of me and he put it on him. He had never sinned. So he said, I will take your lust. I will take your pride. I will take your judgmentalism. And he gave me his righteousness. And he said, all my perfection I put on you. So before God, now I am clean before God for eternity. I am clean because I've accepted this free gift that we call salvation. And if you don't know that for yourself, that's why we're here. That's why I'm here. I mean, guys, Jesus has completely revolutionized and changed my life. I've talked about this before, but I have no control over the the really big things in life, right? I can't stop death from happening to people I love or to myself. And I have no control over what happens after I die. But I have a deep-seated sense that there's something beyond death. Most of you probably agree. Even even if you are not a believer, you know, there's just this, this sense of that there's more out there. But I have no way to control that. And I've also watched me without the influence of God in my life. I am not a good person. And you know what's even worse is I'm a hypocrite because I can put on a good face so most people think good of me because that's something I'm addicted to is other people thinking well of me. But on the inside, I'm all those things that I don't want them to think of me. So I'm living a double-sided life. And Jesus has saved me from all of that. Jesus has delivered me. He's healed me from pain. He's healed me from shame. And that's the power of Jesus washing your feet. And so that's why I'm here. That's why I'm willing to say, let's start a new church. What the heck? We don't know if anybody's going to come. I said, we're going to start a church for people who don't go to church. It's like, I've said this before. It's like, I want to start a, like a steakhouse for vegetarians. You know, that's like, but we're going to try. I don't know if anybody's going to come. I might offend everybody by standing on stage and saying, you know what? If you don't believe in Jesus, I still think this might be good for you. Christians might leave because that's offensive. And non-believers might leave because... You know, I'm yelling at him a whole lot right now. But I'm willing to do, I mean, I want to be willing to do. Inside, I have a lot of fight. I want to be willing to do anything for him who did this for me. And so Jesus has done that for you. Listen, if you don't know that Jesus, I want you to know him sometime soon. You might know a Jesus who makes rules you can't keep. You might know a Jesus who's always looking over your shoulder, waiting to point out your faults, waiting to throw that accusation into your head. You might know a Jesus who's never loved you for who you are. But I want you to know this Jesus who got down in the slop, in the crap of your life. Hear me? Who got down in that and said, I love you enough to do this. 
Just like he said to his disciples, now you go and do it to others. That is Christianity. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. He did not come into the world to judge the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That's John 3, 17. That's the verse after that no one ever reads. And then he said, you go and tell everyone about this. That's it. It's so simple. Right before Jesus went to heaven, he said, hey, real quick, I got one instruction. Go. He said, go, tell people about me. That was it. That was his only call. If you're like, man, I don't know what to do with my life, go tell people about how God has served them. It's a good starting place. All right, that was like not in my notes, but because I don't have notes. So, all right, if you can get that, like that's number one. In fact, the rest of my teaching, this is so much more important. If there's one person in here today who's like, man, I feel that tug on my heart. See, Jesus wants that relationship with you where he can cleanse you and bring you into new life. If you're interested or curious about that, we have a table over there where we've written out just a more explanation about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You can go read that. You can talk to a prayer minister over there. You can talk to me. We'll grab some pulled pork together and talk about salvation. It would be great. Okay, we need to move on. So this is what I want to say today. This is my take home. Not pay it forward. Watch, I'm going to be super tricky. You ready? Oh, yeah. Serve it forward. You want to see that again? Boom. All right. Serve it forward. All right. I want you to remember this. Listen, this is one of the easiest ways to show people that God loves them. You don't have to be bold. You don't have to be gifted. You don't have to be good looking or rich or any of the things that I am, right? You need, just kidding. You just need to be willing. Anybody can do this. Anybody can serve. Anybody can say, look, here's what I want to define services. Can you do what others won't do? Can you do what others don't want to do? That's service. Can you go above and beyond? All right. I mean, I asked Candace. Candace, you here? Candace Ambra? In the room? Anywhere? There she is. Candace, I asked to help set up this whole thing. And you got to look back there. And her parents, uh, Betsy and Ron, they made all these flower arrangements for the centerpieces. Like, that's not, like, that's not just getting the job done. You hear what I'm saying? That's like going above and beyond. Why? Because they love us and they want us to have a great time. This is, this is my father-in-law, Charky, who I'm like, hey, would you be willing to cook some burgers and dogs? And he's like, you know what? I think I should. First of all, he wants to donate all the meat, which I'm trying to tell him he's not allowed to. And he's been, you know, you know how long it takes to smoke? I mean, he's smoked four different nights. He's been out there using the smoker. Takes hours, takes more hours to clean it. I mean, just, and then you have to pull it. Have you ever tried to pull pork? I'm, I've tried. It's really hard, actually. I had no idea. I mean, this is what we're talking about. Go above and beyond. Are you willing to do what others don't do? Is Sharon even here? She's usually not even in the room, right? Sharon? Sharon? You behind the curtain? There she is. Ta-da! Sharon? Sharon, Sharon gets here at, like, before I do. She gets here at, like, 7.40 so she can sneak in. She called me one day because the doors weren't unlocked early. They're supposed to be unlocked at 8. She sneaks in, and she starts carting all of our stuff out so that when the team gets here, she's already got a head start on it. I mean, there's so many people like that in our church. Um, let's see. Joe Mason, you here? Joe's outside. Uh, Joe, Brad, Chris Fraser. Chris Fraser, you here? 
There's, there are sign crew. I guess our sign crew doesn't come to church. Um, so hopefully there's some signs out there. But you know, you know what job no one wants to do? They don't want to go out in the rain and the snow and the heat. There's literally no good day to be the sign person. And you got to set up these signs and they're so big that they like get blown and there's electrical wires where we set up. So it's always a little bit dangerous and you have to carry these heavy sandbags and then they fall down and you have to go back and put them up. I've done it a few times, right? Someone's back there doing something right now. Are you willing to stay under the radar? See, you, you, most of you in this church probably didn't even know Sharon existed because that's how she does this. She loved to fly under the radar. This is what serving is about. What can you do either in the church or in your community that other people don't want to do? You know what I used to, I, I had a, uh, a tradition of mine where anytime I would be in a group of service, and this is still this is just a goal of mine, something I hope to have passed on to my kids, I want to pick the worst job. So we were in Philadelphia with teenagers, um, this is like 10 years ago, and we were going to move into the, the projects and do a bunch of different, some people were going to hand out food, some people were going to distribute clothes, and then they were like, there's this one job, not sure if anybody's going to want it, but they're this old, broken down, kind of drug infested house, but um, we're trying to service it and we need to put a new, two new toilets in. And I was like, that's my job. That, literally, what you do, you just listen. Where's the worst job? Let's go. And, and I had one of my teenagers with me. His name was Isaac. Um, ironically, Sharon's brother, because the whole family is kind of like that. And we went up. And I will tell you, I've, I'm talking a lot about poop today. It feels like I'm Jonathan. Um, but <laughs> these toilets were, were not ever cleaned. Not ever. And I don't think I need to say anything more. But it was literally the grossest experience of my entire life. Have you ever removed the toilet? I mean, you gotta, like, you gotta, like, you gotta get in that toilet. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get in there. You gotta lift it up, carry it down two flights of stairs. There was, like, missing boards that we were stepping over. I mean, we were, we were all up in that toilet. We were hugging it, loving on it, right? And then we put new ones in. That was one of the best service days of my life. I love finding the worst job because it's not even close to what Jesus has done for me. Are you willing to do what others won't do, to go above and beyond, to stay under the radar. Listen, this should be a mission that we're on. It's all the time. It's in school. Guys, you can be in school and somebody spills something. Be the first person to clean that up. You can be at Chick-fil-A. I was at Chick-fil-A in Texas and there was this young mom with three kids and her order came out and it was like this gigantic bag of food and a drink tray and clearly she wasn't gonna be able to get out the door, right? I could just stand there and be like, none of my business. I don't want to be that weird, creepy guy who's hitting on young moms or whatever. You know, I didn't, Mandy, I promise. Um, but, you know, or you can just have this attitude. There was like a hundred people in this Chick-fil-A, I kid you not. No one offered to help her except for me. What's wrong with people? You know, you see that 80-year-old woman who's trying to like push her cart out to her car and it's got these huge heavy waters in it. Why would you watch that? If you're a Christian, if you're the light of the world, if you, if Jesus died for your sins and raised from the dead so that you don't have shame and guilt, if you see somebody out there in the rain, now listen, I've picked up people on the side of the road in the rain. I'm not saying you should do that because you could die, but I have done that. I mean, we should just be those people everywhere. We should be flooding the nonprofits in our communities I want City Light at some point for our community to be like, man, City Light has donated so many man hours and woman hours and so much money that they are just the most generous and servant-oriented church. All right, I'm almost done. Listen, worship team, you can come. Or, uh, 
I'm supposed to call them the City Light Band. My fault. City Light Band, come on up. Um, I told you I was going to get excited. Are you guys excited about this a little bit? All right. It's like five of you. That's a good start. All right. Would anybody like to take this home? Okay. So we actually have little cloths that we're going to hand out, don't we? Little cloths. We have little cloths. Sharon! There's little cloths in a box that I think got put in the kids' ministry room. Quick! I have so much more to talk about now. All right. My youth group, whenever we travel, we go to conferences together. And wherever we travel, I give them a talk before we go. And a bunch of people in here have been in my youth group. They all know what I'm going to say. When we go there, we are going to outserve every other youth group. That's my number one goal. I hope you meet Jesus. I hope it's great. I hope you have fun. But we need to be the youth group who's staying late to stack the chairs, to sweep, who's picking up plates off of other people's tables when they're done with them, you know? Um, one year, we stayed two hours late because they had taped a bunch of stuff to the gym floor with the wrong kind of tape. And so all my teenagers sat around doing this for two hours. But that is what it's about. Yes! Thank you, Sharon. Oh, we are handing them out. So we got these little, little rags. Here's the thing. Can I have one, Sharon? Sharon, can I have one? Come on, Sharon, run. All right. Now, oh, mine is like a puppet. That's cool. All right. I don't know. So Jonathan and I went on a missions trip when we were teenagers, and they gave us little rags at the beginning of the week, and we had to carry them around in our belt all week long, and we like got dirty, and, and by the end, our rags were dirty, and it was supposed to be a reminder, then we took it home. I had that rag for years. We want you to put this thing in your pocket. You don't have to, but we just want you to. Carry this around. What if you carried this around for a month, and every time you felt it in your pocket, you, you decided to serve somebody? So listen, this is all leading up to someone. I need your attention. I know these little things are so exciting. Hey, we're not going to sing another song. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm so excited to tell you about this next thing. What we're going to do, it, starting in a couple weeks, is something I've wanted to do for years, okay? So we want you guys to be part of this thing. We're, gonna, we're calling it 100 hours, 100 hours of service. So listen, from, uh, I think it's June 21st, are the dates on there? No. Yeah, June 21st to August 19th, we are going to, as a community, try to serve Newark for 100 hours, Elkton for 100 hours, and Avangrove, the Avangrove area for 100 hours in two months. So that's 300 hours. If there's roughly 200 people, including kids in our church right now, that is an hour and a half per person in the summer. Can you all handle that? Every person counts. So if a family of six goes and serves their neighbor for an hour, that's six hours. You guys got that math? That was high level math right there. All right. Even I could do it. Um, it, anything counts. It could be serving your neighbor and not serving your kids. Moms and dads, that, you know, you'd be like, my whole life. I know. Uh, serving your neighbors. It can be going to Paris Foundation. It can be shopping for food to give to the Paris Foundation. You might know of a nonprofit that you want to go work at that isn't on our list. That's fine. Listen, here's the other exciting thing. It's going to be a competition. So we're putting $500 on the line. Newark versus Elkton versus Avangrove. Whatever community wins goes, gets the most. So we want to do above 100. Whatever community wins, 
that $500 is going to go to one of the nonprofits in your city that we support. Exciting, right? Thank you, Mandy. Yeah. Guys, I am pumped about this. Let me tell you, I got this idea from a church in Ireland, Scotland. In Scotland, they did 10,000 hours in a summer. I don't think we can do that yet. They're a much bigger church, but we're going to get there someday. But guys, let's go to schools. Let, do you, if anybody here has connections to schools, I want to talk to a school and be like, could we come serve and like paint your hallways or refinish something or move something? Like, is there something we can do in a school that's in need? Is there, you know, nursing homes or, you know, community centers? What can we do, guys? So we're going to make a, a part of our website. It's going to be called 100 Hours. And we're going to put a list of things up there. And on June 21st, we'll start and you'll be able to log in. I mean, not log in, but go to the website and you'll put your name. You'll pick your location, Newark, Elkton, and Avergrove, and you'll put your number of hours. And we're going to track it and we'll show it every Sunday who's winning. Okay? And I, guys, we got to get into this. I, I want you to be like pumped. We're going to make shirts that say hashtag 100 hours. I want you to wear them all over the place. It's going to be a great way for us to talk about church to our community. They're going to say, what's 100 hours? Like, oh man, a lot of Christians, it, you know, a lot of people think about church and they think about what we're against. This is what, we're going to talk about what we're for. We're for serving our communities, right? We're out in our community trying to do 300 hours of service this summer. It's going to be a great talking point. Are you guys with me? Okay. 11.15 on the dot. Nailed it. All right, so uh, weather check. Is it raining, Sharon? It's super windy. Okay, are we doing it inside then? Okay, so we'll be inside. Sharon, also one more question for you before you go behind the curtain again. Do you want to stack all these chairs or one section or what? Yeah? These two sections and put them against the wall? Okay, so... For those of you who are staying, if we can stack these chairs against the wall and put the pens on the stage, um, I don't know what that's going to mean for praying. So let's give it like 10 minutes before we start moving those chairs, right? We're... And we're going to bring games in here. That's why we're going to stack these. So we're going to stay. We're going to set up a bunch of games. Um, we'll start the food in like five or 10 minutes. We're going to put some music on. Let's just have a great time. I would encourage you to meet some people. That's kind of the point, right? So can you stand and I'll pray for you? Did I, did I explain these enough? You understand why we gave you this? It's, it's kind of like this thing, you know, right? You get it? Okay, just making sure. And you put it in your pocket? Or it's kind of like the thing you blow your nose in, but th- don't do that. Okay, let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you, I mean, we, we, we'll never be able to pay you back. That's the point. But we thank you that you loved us enough that you gave yourself to us, that you served us and gave your life to us. We're so grateful. God, I pray for people in this room who might not know you yet. I just pray that you would show them the love that you have for them. You know, right now, um, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you're in this room and you have never decided to follow Jesus, you can just repeat after me. Everybody can do this too, just in your heart if you want to. Just if you're here, I'm just feeling motivated to just do this real quick. So if you've never said yes to Jesus, just repeat after me in your heart. Say, Jesus, and you can do it out loud too. Yes, thank you for saving me, and I receive your forgiveness. Please fill my heart with your love. Lead me. And guide me. I receive your salvation. 
Just keep your eyes closed. If anyone prayed that prayer for the first time, just raise your hand for a second, just so I can talk to you afterwards. Okay. God, we thank you that you love us. I pray you would bless our time together. Make this lots of fun. Help the food to be awesome and help our talking and hanging out to be even awesomer. Amen.